0: And welcome to the Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley with, of course, Nate Taylor. What's up, Nate? Hey, how you doing, hey we're doing good, man. Well, we're finally in the postseason, Nate. We finally had that uh, Finally had the Chiefs playoff win over the Steelers. 7-2 matchups. I know a lot of people don't like those, Nate. I do, though. <laughs> I don't mind them. It's more football, man. It, it, it is more football. But
1: look, uh, it's as we've seen so far in, in terms of the history of this uh, fun experiment the NFL has done over the last few years, the two-seed usually wins. <laughs> like, it's just, hey, this team barely snuck in. I mean, they, they literally crawled, uh, that being the Pittsburgh Steelers, needing help from Jacksonville um, in the regular season oh, yeah. to, to to get to Arrowhead. And, hey, uh They made it a game for, what, a quarter and
0: a half? But you know what, Nate? Hadn't the NFL taught us this, that weird things happen? You know, like the Colts beating the Jags, what they've beaten them every year since 14. You know, Buffalo losing to Jacksonville this year. You know, Buffalo getting everything they wanted the week before from the Jets. I mean, weird things happen in this game where we see upsets or we see the Lions hammer the Cardinals. So... Yeah, 7-2 upsets. It may be more like the 13-14 seed line in the NCAA tournament where we see a few upsets here and there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you, there will be a time where eventually that will play itself out. But, um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes playing exceptional, with Andy Reid, I think getting to the better parts of the playbook as the game progress, um, the Chiefs are always going to be in an advantageous position if they you know, are the two-seed moving forward. Um but yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna complain about more football, Jay. I mean, no. why would I do that? But you know, we're we're moments away from a Monday night playoff game. I mean, they just wanna they just wanna give us more football. That's okay. Uh, hey, some fans got to go to Arrowhead for maybe their first postseason game uh, in the stadium, which would not have occurred, obviously, if we were under the old format where the first two seeds got you know home you know got basically a bye and then obviously. Play their home games in the divisional round. So, from a monetary standpoint, the Chiefs the Chiefs made out just well. They 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 earned more money in their in their venue last night, and they also moved on to the divisional round. Um, and it's another rematch. This time, you know, the Chiefs won't be the team sort of trying to be the aggressor in terms of revenge, um, whereas last night they were trying to defend what they had already done a month ago, basically. And now those roles sort of. Foot, where hey, they'll they'll try to continue their season by getting a little bit of revenge on on the Bills. But um, trying to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in January not not as easy as as some people uh, thought it could be earlier this season, right?
0: Yeah, no, no kidding. Let's look back at that game too. You had tweeted out too. uh, You know, you made reference to three straight games. Uh, There's been an injury. You know, didn't think he had it during the week, and you go to Rashad Fenton with the back that tightened up that wasn't able to play. And then, of course, you had Orlando Brown uh, back in the uh, Cincinnati game. And Tyree Kill a week ago right before kickoff, but this has been three straight times the Chiefs have had a surprise right before the game.
1: It, it is, Jay, and it's it starting to get concerning because you're, you're if, if this is the biggest find yet, that there's true attrition playing football every year into late January. Um, Obviously we've said it before Jay, the Chiefs have played almost every game possible on the schedule um, from the 2018 season moving on. They've only missed the 2018 Super Bowl. They're going to try to be the 14th NFL history to get to three straight Super Bowls. Uh, That involves you putting a lot of stress and demand on your body um, when the intensity only rises with each step apart to the postseason. So uh, it sounds today like Rashad Fenton was was just a late time scratch, primarily held you know holding him out for precautionary reasons. The hope is that he will be able to practice later this week and then obviously play against the Buffalo Bills. But Jay, you're right. It'll be it'll be huge news if the Chiefs just get through warmups on Sunday and nobody's a scratch, nobody's injured, everybody's you know loose and ready to go. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what. They kind of need everybody on their active roster against the Buffalo Bills team.
0: Well, they they will, and we'll talk about that Buffalo game here in just a second. But looking back, I want to get your opinion on this. This was asked uh, to Andy Reid today. I think Pete Sweeney asked it uh, of Andy.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, that's a good problem to have. So we'll just see how it all plays out. um, Daryl, he tried to go, uh, but he's having a hard time pushing off that toe. we're fortunate to have a number of running backs that we feel are, are good, good runners. and um, You know, Gore's another one. And, and then, you know, we'll just see about Clyde, you know, what we get get from him.
0: So we think of that, Nate uh, McKinnon looked fresh, man. He looked good. I know he was on the IR with the hamstring earlier this year, but this time of year, and he was asked, you know, does McKinnon get more playing time now if you know, Clyde's going to be working himself back from the shoulder and with the toe of Darrell Williams. But, you know, you do have to dance with what you got right now. And right now, McKinnon has been a, just a spark for this offense.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, Jay, I just wrote about him in the Athletics. which people can go look online. But I, it, it's hard to, to remove the amount of touches in the production that came out of Jared McKinnon last night. Um, 142 yards from scrimmage, uh, that's a career high for Jett McKinnon. He had his first receiving touchdown in postseason play. Um, and one thing that I did today, Jay, and I, I look looked back and it's in the article, um, but everybody kind of remembers how dynamic and how much of a dual threat rushing and receiving that Damian, uh, Williams was during the 2019 championship run, right? He had three pretty impressive performances in the postseason. He kind of became that third weapon uh, with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey obviously leading the way with Patrick Mahomes. And the 142 scrimmage yards from yesterday's game, Jay, that's more than any postseason game Damian Williams had with the Chiefs, and that includes that 133-yard performance in Super Bowl 54. So um, if Jared McKinnon can replicate this against the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Chiefs will be just as you know, just as dangerous, perhaps even more so um, in the divisional round. But there, there's a slight chance that, hey, maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire is available. Maybe, you know, Darrell Williams feels a little bit better with his toe uh, because Andy Reese said he had difficulty sort of planting and accelerating off of it. But if you get those guys back, that's great. That's an added bonus. But I, I agree with you. I don't, I think you ride Jurt McKinnon as long as he's playing this well. And it's impressive to me that coming off the hamstring injury that you mentioned, he had his best game of the season you know, in the playoffs, which is, which is rare.
0: You know what? Another guy too. And I was watching NFL network this morning when they were giving out game balls in the weekend, and obviously Josh Allen's going to get a bunch. That was a a great game by Josh Allen, but the chiefs were like kind of like hold my beer as Mahomes goes out there and scores on six straight drives. It took a while to wind up, but Patrick Mahomes was absolutely brilliant. This game five touchdown passes in the span of 1030 of game time. That's from ESPN Stats and Info. Tom Brady is the next fastest, did it under just 25 minutes in 2011. He becomes the first quarterback in history with 400 yards and five touchdown passes in the postseason. And Ben Roethlisberger was the other one, but lost the game to the Jaguars. But Mahomes was simply brilliant in this game. He really
1: was. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's crazy, Jay, that. On the same field where you have TJ Watt, who uh, tied the NFL record for the most sacks in a single season. Um, the Steelers also have Keem Hayward, who is an all pro defensive tackle, um, in some respects comparable to what Chris Jones provides in the middle. And then you have Mika Fitzpatrick, who's been a former all pro safety, and none of it matters. Like Patrick Mahomes yet again proves that. Uh, it's really hard to beat him in late January in Arrowhead. And what really made me marvel is his ability to scramble within the pocket, to have complete control when he extended a play. Obviously, the 48 yard touchdown to, uh, to Travis Kelsey to end the first half, which I believe was really the most impactful play of the game because it sort of broke the Steelers spirit. Instead of going into halftime down just 14 7, you're down 21 7. Um, and you kind of know at that point that everything you've thrown at Mahomes, he's seen it, and it's just not going to work from this point on. Um, but he was excellent with accuracy, with his touch, and he spread the ball around in a way that I think is going to be required moving forward. Obviously, we've talked already about Jett McKinnon having a great day. Uh, I thought McColl Hardman was excellent, both as a receiver and a uh, punt returner. And then you also have guys like Byron Pringle, who has two touchdown receptions, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, of course. Um, and so if he can read your defense, find the open man, and get them the ball in space, uh, this Chiefs offense can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the NFL, and that's because they have the most talented quarterback who shows why he's so talented against the Steelers.
0: It was a crazy game for Mahomes. And, you know, as Mitch Holtis pointed out uh, earlier today that uh, when he was with Carrington and – Echoed it there on the Chiefs Kingdom show. You know, it's the first time in NFL history you've had a playoff game with two quarterbacks through five touchdown passes. The game before—that's
1: that is just that's incredible. I mean, there might be a lot of people who say, "Oh, the things Josh Allen can do are very unique. Um, he can run with the football with power, with true um, tenacity, while also throwing the ball deep." Um, but it's it's just going to be a classic next week and. Uh, I think Mahomes is capable of winning games in a number of different ways where we, we haven't necessarily seen that yet from Josh Allen. Either Josh Allen plays very well, or as in last year's AFC Championship game, he kind of sputters at times. Um, so I, I think Mahomes is the more consistent player over the course of both of their careers. Um, but it, it's going to be a ball to just see how Mahomes continues to develop. And, you know, one thing that I know we're going to talk about more, Jay, is the, the play-calling was so diverse, it was so unique, and the homes could execute all of it. It's not a challenge for him to say, okay, one pass is underhanded, the next play I'm going to scramble to my right and find Travis Kelsey in the field. The next play is going to be you know, something where I'm scrambling or sort of moving in, in motion out of the backfield to give Travis Kelsey his first career touchdown pass. Um, he knows this playbook obviously inside and out, and I just think that gives the Chiefs such an advantage because uh, he doesn't have to pass the ball in such conventional manners. He can always go uh, to something that is unconventional to give the Chiefs just an extra advantage. And for Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kaka, for those guys to give him the ability to do that, uh, it just speaks to, again, a quarterback that is just supremely confident, world-class talented, and knows what's necessary to win in the postseason because he's just done it so often, even though this is only his fourth time in the (laughs) postseason. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. I mean, it is literally nuts that Mahomes uh, can turn a game where the other team scores because of a fumble recovery, and because you had an interception that was arguably a very good play from from T.J. Watt in terms of deflecting the pass, um, he can make a... 20 minute experience that wasn't very exciting, into okay, we'll just score six straight touchdowns and execute it at, at a high level to where it's like, yeah, they were down seven nothing, and then it was 42 to 14 in a matter of, of minutes, as you mentioned earlier. So.
0: Yeah, there's the foot on the gas, Nate. And really, my favorite play of the Chiefs this season I mean, I was thinking about right, it, what's my favorite play? And it was Allegretti's touchdown. I mean, here's a guy in Allegretti, first of all, he doesn't complain. I mean, last year, lost his job this year, didn't complain, stepped right in Cincinnati, did a great job. He threw T.J. Watt, that will be the defensive player of the year, straight on the ground and catches a touchdown pass. This was Andy Reid today at Arrowhead talking about how he bets these guys if they can catch it or not.
2: Yeah, so on Fridays we do pat and go. The linemen do their own little pat and go and and, uh, kind of a breather from hitting the sled, I guess. Um, so, uh, you get an idea who can catch and who can't. So if you got a little bit of skill there, we'll try to work with you. And, um, Allegretti, you know, he's got great hands for a wrestler. He's got great hands. (laughs) So
0: much to chew on. I love the play because of what he did to TJ Watt catches the touchdown pass. He doesn't complain. There's so many things to like about this. But it also leads into something we'll talk about, Andy Reid showing all these different things, like the McCole-Hardman handoff that did not work out, they did fumble, but the Travis Kelsey touchdown pass, now this, it gives teams so much more to think about before they play the Chiefs.
1: Yes, it really does. And um, I just I just love the comment of Andy saying that for a wrestler, uh, this can get the football very well, and well, as you mentioned, he executed the rip move very well, where you make the defensive end think you're, you're you're blocking, and then you just remove him from the play. Um, it's demoralizing, and I'm, I'm interested to know how many hours of sleep Sean McDermott and his defensive coaching staff will get this week, trying to prepare for a Chiefs team that we all know has even more of those type of plays. Jay, one week it might be Nick Allegretti. Who knows? Next week it might be Austin Blythe. and it, it may be uh, you know how Long. Uh, depending upon what is what is asked of, of certain guys uh, in these key moments. And one of the best things that I noticed from those plays, Jay, and I'm sure you do too, is I was asking Andy last night just what it does to galvanize the team. Um, and he mentioned just how much the celebration occurs when one of those guys hmm. has success in that rare moment. And as you notice, you know, Jared McKinnon goes and finds the ball that Dick Gallagherty spikes so that he can keep it as a memento. Uh, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith are one of the first guys to, to celebrate with Nick Caligretti. And Patrick Mahomes just sort of jokingly laughing that uh, the Steelers, even though they do a good job on the play in terms of removing all the other receiving options, uh, yeah, I'm just going to throw the ball to my backup left guard because, you know, he's, he's also capable of scoring touchdowns and executing, you know, a role that, hey, I don't know if the backup Steelers guard can do,
0: right? I loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, stay tuned, though. We'll come back with the Nate Taylor Show because I'm going to ask Nate, "Who is the real Buffalo Bills?" That's what I want to know next.
2: You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show Monday nights at seven on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
0: And welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. Check Nate out on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. Great information about the Kansas City Chiefs. As always, the Cardinals and Rams going for the third time this season in the uh, wild card round, the last uh, wild card round game for the NFC tonight. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, Nate, 38 20 week five, sandwiched between the Eagles and Washington game was that Buffalo game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Buffalo and Josh Allen got that big win over the Kansas City Chiefs, something they couldn't do last year in two tries. But they couldn't hold on to it, Nate. They've been up and down. This team hasn't lived up to their expectations this year as that next best team. You know, losing to the Jags, getting hammered by the Colts, getting hammered by the Steelers. I'm not sure who the Buffalo Bills are because that team I saw Saturday night, that was incredible. But they hadn't been that way the whole season. Yeah, but but let's say some facts today. I mean,
1: they played a home playoff game against a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones a defense that had sort of deteriorated towards the second half of the season in the Patriots. And, look, everybody played well. Like, just Everybody performed well. Uh, they had a lot of um, revenge going into what happened previously this season when the Patriots uh, went into Buffalo and won that game on Monday Night Football. So um, the, it, it, I know a lot of people have said this, but it really did get the feel that um, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and the rest of the Bills just put a hurting on the Patriots that was, shall we say, influenced by twenty years of confidence
2: by Bill yeah. Belichick.
1: Um, so they've accomplished their first step, similar to the Chiefs. But as I said before, uh, and I'll say it again all week, Jay beating Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and all that, Tyron Matthew and, and Chris Jones, of course, along with Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. Beating all those guys in October in Arrowhead is, is not the same as trying to do it in late January. And so for the Bills, um, it's disappointing because obviously they had the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, but there were losses, of course, to to the Patriots, to Jacksonville. Um, that sort of gave the Chiefs the opportunity to have this game at home, which I think will be a, a, a huge factor. Uh, we know Arrowhead's going to be rocking. I, I think my question is, is, the Bills have constructed their team starting in last year's off-season, that they wanted to beat the Chiefs. Like, they built their roster to do this. Um, a couple players I mentioned are obviously their first-round draft pick and, and Bastion. Uh, they have a nice skill set in terms of slot receivers, and that includes Isaiah McKenzie, who's really come on of late. Um, and, look, they've got Dritten Poyer and Micah High, who are pretty, pretty good safety tandem. So... Can all those players play up to their absolute best on the road to support Josh Allen and support Sean McDermott? And and honestly, will Sean McDermott be as aggressive as he was, obviously, against the Patriots, and will he not be afraid to go forward on fourth down? Um, And what I think we both assume will probably be a a game that will be described as a shootout. Um, We're going to learn just as much about the Bills as I think we'll learn about the Chiefs. Um, But handling the Patriots... Uh, is one thing, trying to beat the Chiefs uh, in trying to get yourself to an AFC championship game. That, that's just going to be harder. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to know how much did the previous year's experience help the Bills and does it close the gap between them and the Chiefs or does the Chiefs sort of extend the gap yet again because they have championship pedigree themselves?
0: I mean, they, they, who's their best win? I mean, it's obviously the Chiefs, the Patriots, the best wins for them, but they, they've they lost to some teams, like we said. The Colts and yep. the Steelers, they lost to the Titans, they've lost a bunch of these games. The Chiefs had four turnovers in that game, in week mm-hmm. five. Four turnovers, they didn't have any. So, okay, will the Chiefs be able to force a turnover on this Buffalo Bills team in front of a, while, a hostile crowd? Where, let's face it, this team's given up 10.8 points a game defensively the last six.
1: Yeah, and look, they didn't have a. The Chiefs did not have a, as as nearly as good of a pass rush as they, as they do now, right? Um, Chris Jones was dealing with a wrist injury, I believe, at the time. Frank Clark was coming back from the hamstring injuries that he had, starting all the way back to training camp. Melvin Ingram was not on the team, Jay.
0: Big difference. Uh,
1: you know, even Jaron Reed wasn't playing as well as he is now. Uh, Tershawn Wharton had a very good game last night. Um, and getting pressure and sort of collapsing the pocket on Ben Roethlisberger. Um, the Chiefs did not get any sacks against Josh Allen, but I also think they didn't pressure him as much as they wanted to in the first matchup. And So that's going to be a big key. Um, I'm not sure if the build offensive line is, is great, but we're about to find out because, you know, Steve Sagnolo is going to rely on this offensive line. You know he's going to blitz Josh Allen to sort of speed up his clock and sort of make him make... A tough decision, uh, and maybe throw a football that that you know might be interceptable for someone in the back end like Travarius Ward or you know Le'Jarius Speed or maybe even Juan Thornhill. So I I love this matchup just because both teams have changed just enough. Where obviously as we saw last night, not a lot of change between the, the Chiefs and the Steelers. Um, I feel like this this matchup. Uh, obviously that game was in early October. There's been enough time. Uh, I think both teams have sort of been eyeing each other for this particular moment. Um, and look, Patrick Mahomes, I assume, will play a lot better than he did in the first matchup, where he was sacked twice. He had two interceptions, obviously one that was a pick six that fell off of Tyree Kill's hands or bounced off of Tyree Kill's hands, I should mention. So, can the pass rush get to Josh Allen? Obviously, you mentioned can they get the turnover? Will they generate enough sacks or enough pressure to affect Josh Allen? Because he was. Oh, so comfortable against the Patriots. And I just think in a, in a, in a more hostile environment in Arrowhead, uh, that's going to be asking a lot. And so the defense will have, I think, just as much to say about the outcome of this game as the Chiefs offense. And I'm fascinated to know uh, if Josh Allen can sort of handle this type of pressure against a much better Chiefs defense than the one he saw earlier in the year.
0: Well, the one thing about him is where, where he is you know, a lot more dangerous than Big Ben is. He is the second-leading rusher on the Bills team, 763 yards rushing. That was a big part of his game against the Patriots, 6.3 per during the regular season. I guess that's the one thing. When plays break down, guys are guarding their men. It's down there. You're not getting to them. It's one of those things you have to create the pocket. you got to be able to rush from the inside, and you have to keep containment on the outside because he is a guy that can get around the corner.
1: Yep, and I'll say it right now, Jay. The Chiefs were the Bills' best win of the season. No no so, question. I think the Bills treated that game like it was their Super Bowl, similar to the Ravens, similar to the Bengals. Uh, we give them credit. They did win on the road in Arrowhead. Uh, but as we've noticed, they're coming off such a high because they defeated the Patriots. And because they have only been to the AFC championship game once, I do think... The Chiefs having more experience will help. The Chiefs understanding what it takes to win, uh, having the support of fans inside Arrowhead. I think all those things will help. Um, and for the for the for the Bills, like we've noticed, hey, you beat the Chiefs, and what did you do the next week? You went on the road and you couldn't beat the Tennessee Titans. Earlier this year, all you had to do was beat a team led by Urban Meyer and a dysfunctional, poor Jacksonville Jaguars roster. They slept well through the game and ended up losing. Um, I think the Chiefs have been more consistent since they've turned it around, particularly on defense, of course, than the Bills have. Um, and of course, as you mentioned, the Bills lost to a team uh, that didn't have the best quarterback on the field that day. Between you know the Colts with with obviously Carson Wentz at the fold, so uh, the, the the Bills are going to be tested in a way that. Um, I'm just super intrigued because you know the Chiefs are coming with all these special plays. I know we're going to discuss that here soon, Jay. Mm. Can can the Bills match them with creativity? Can they match them from an intensity level? Can they not make mistakes? And can their quarterback be just as good or even better than Patrick Mahomes? It's asking a lot, Jay. It really is asking a lot. And so you don't want your Super Bowl in October. You want to be playing at the right time. Um, and I think the Chiefs, with their experience, are, are are the team that should be favored going into this game.
0: We'll talk about that uh, special plays the Chiefs are doing to keep people guessing what they're going to be doing. We saw a lot of that this week, and we'll also talk about Travis Kelsey that was involved in some of that. And you asked a great question, Andy Reid, about game planning what Travis Kelsey will do that next on a Nate Taylor show.
2: You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
0: And welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show, Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. By the way, check out uh, app By Nate Taylor on Twitter. He's got a new story out about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and their running back situations. All right, Nate, uh, I did find it interesting when Andy Reid was asked today about giving teams different look. We saw the McCole Hardman in the wildcat taking the snap resulted in the fumble. We saw the shovel pass to McKinnon at the goal line. We saw the pass by Travis Kelsey as well. We saw the Allegretti touchdown. So given teams, a lot of things to look at. Here's Andy Reid about just that.
2: I guess it's twofold. Yeah, other teams have to prep for it, but we, we do these on an individual basis for that team. So, in a lot of cases, uh, the pass at Kelster was individual for that group. <clears throat> so, we try to find whatever matchups or what we think um, we can take advantage of, I guess, uh, uh, lack of better terms, but, um, uh, and, and work on, you know, and try to put a play in for that. So, we trust our guys to to do it, though they get a number of reps on it. Evie does a good job with all that. so.
0: And Nate, uh, so he did say it gives the teams different looks. He did mention something on the Kelsey touchdown pass. He hey, Mahomes is open on the side because Mahomes oh, waved his arm. That was intentional because Kelsey had one guy to throw to. <laughs> he didn't trust <laughs> the pass for other. He had one guy to throw to, and he did it, and they got a touchdown. and became the first tight end ever to have 100 yards, a touchdown pass, and a touchdown catch in a game. But they certainly are very creative. I know the Hardman thing didn't work out. They thought it would, but they gave it a shot to spark the offense.
1: Yeah, and then know, I'm not sure they they won't do it next week with McCole Hartman just because if Damian Williams feels better, maybe you tell McCole you, you take that, you know, you, you you present the handoff, you fake it, and then you run uh, what essentially is a sweep or a jet sweep, uh, and see if you can get to the edge faster than the defense. Um look, let us let's, let's work through some of these, right? I mean, if they're in diamond formation with Patrick Mahomes wide open <laughs> in motion. <laughs> Who's to say that maybe next time they'll tell Travis Kelsey, just look at Mahomes. If it's not there, then obviously you run the football walk. Sort, of sort of an RPO action. Um, some people may not know this, but Jerick McKinnon was a former quarterback in college at Georgia Southern. So it, it might not be just Travis Kelsey throwing passes um, if the opportunity presents itself. And one of the things that, that's so fascinating about this, Jay, is the Chiefs tend to do this when they know they have the lead and when they're looking to demoralize the other team, right? Um, we talked before about Nick Allegretti faking out T.J. Watt, and then T.J. Watt, the Steelers' best player on their roster, when he feels it in that, particular, in that particular way, like not only are they beating us already on the scoreboard, but now they just sort of embarrassed us and, and showed everybody uh, how they tricked us you know, in front of a national TV audience. Like, that has a cumulative psychological effect. And so everybody remembers the Rose Bowl uh, shift parade, you know, played from the 1948 Rose Bowl, obviously, if Andy Reid sort of uh, taking elements of that play for the Super Bowl win in, in Super Bowl 54. Um, everybody remembers Wasp, which is kind of an a inventive deep passing play when you need a deep pass. So there's, there's going to be these moments, I think, in the Bills game and if the Chiefs advance. Uh, perhaps even in the AFC championship game where you you need uh, that schematic advantage uh, to create a difference, a a true advantage, when the talent between both rosters is really comparable. And that will start Sunday, of course, when the Bills come to Arrowhead. The Bills are are a very good team. They are much better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you're going to have to need every advantage available to you and one of them is this deep, complex, just spend hours on hours thinking of ideas that you can unveil at just the right time so that the opposing defense doesn't have any idea. And, again, as I asked earlier, Jay, I just don't know if the if the Bills have that level of complexity in their playbook, right? The Chiefs defense may start the game with the advantage because, hey, all we have to do is talk Josh Allen, like, hey, they might not have their tight end, Dawson Knox, throw a pass. Like, that would be absurd. Uh, because they have not done anything like that all year. Where Andy Reid, it's almost expected at this point. Um, so the Chiefs will go on with an advantage. You see how much of a gap that creates on the scoreboard. Um, but I, I think from a football viewing perspective, you just enjoy it because they're trying to win and they're trying to do it in a fun Team gathering manner, and they're also trying to just embarrass you if you're the opponent, um, and that has a trickle down effect. Uh, that can be the difference between you moving forward and, and, and not. I, I just love the idea that we don't know what's next, and they do, and we don't know as as, as what's coming just as much as the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the rare things where like every fan in the stadium where everybody sitting on their couch is like. I have no idea what's coming next. And that's that's kind of where the Buffalo Bills are, too.
0: Well, Jerry McKinnon, the 5'9 quarterback at Georgia Southern, did have 11 touchdown passes, like you said, Nate. He did a lot of his damage on the ground as a running quarterback, but did have 11 touchdown passes in two years at Georgia Southern. By the way, uh, Odell Beckham just scored a touchdown, putting the Rams up 7-0. But I thought this was a really good question by you about Travis Kelsey to Andy Reid today in his uh, weekly press conference. And
1: Andy – with someone like Travis's talent, abilities, obviously his uh, leadership in terms of obviously being in the playoffs so often, I just wonder what he does for you from a game plan standpoint. Uh, obviously, you have your offensive line, you know who your quarterback's going to be, but what does Kelsey provide that uh, maybe the average tight end would not give you in a, in a sort of a game planning scenario?
2: Yeah, well, he, he has that ability to play in tight. Uh, block people and at the same time and, and release from there and also move them out a little bit further, whether it's just an intermediate split or a wide split, you feel comfortable doing any of those. And uh, then he has a great sense for space and how to work in space, get himself open. And again, it helps that the quarterback likes him so I mean, that they, they work well together on that trust
0: each other and they did like each other That 48 yard touchdown to Travis Kelsey unbelievable eight 100 yard receiving games for uh Jerry Rice in his career seven for Travis Kelsey I mean what this guy does is unbelievable but the game planning with the Travis Kelsey our team's going to stop him or not they try to but they don't
1: exactly and you're going to read a little bit more about this James. all right you know right. in a one play called the athletic.com later this week okay uh I've been working on a, on a Travis Kelsey feature for a while now just because um, any, everything that Andy said is true. Uh, they could put Travis Kelsey anywhere. That's not one of the offensive of Lyman positions, and you would not scoff at it. Like, they could put him at running back. I mean, last year, um, unfortunately, when Anthony Sherman uh, was on the COVID list, they did put Travis Kelsey as the fullback, and he led block for, you know, Kleiner edwards Like, you could put him at any position, obviously quarterback last night, um, but because he's been a part of the offense, because he's been a part of the team since uh, Andy Reid's been with the Chiefs, which is which is something I think fans maybe don't quite think about all the time, is that Travis Kelsey is the longest-tenured player on the team. Uh, he was drafted in 2013, the first year that Andy Reid uh, was hired with the Chiefs when he joined the Chiefs, I should say. So he's he's been with Andy Reid for just about Every game uh, of their tenure together, and I, I think yes, Patrick Mahomes uh, turns the Chiefs into a to a you know a spaceship basically. But Travis Kelsey is someone who will go down in NFL history as just one of the best opposition position players ever. I mean, it's 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 wild, Jay, that Travis Kelsey is in the same paragraph as Jerry Rice. Like <laughs>
0: it's just right there behind him. It's crazy. It's it's. it's it's crazy, and
1: because the NFL is a past happy league and because you have Patrick Mahomes, he might tie Jerry Rice up Sunday, y'all. He might have his eighth 100-yard receiving game in the postseason, which is really hard to do because the Buffalo Bills, of course, are like, well, every third down, you kind of got to start with Travis Kelsey. Every red zone play, but where's Travis Kelsey? Every, I mean, wherever he is on the field, I always try to keep my eyes there because what he does, helps Patrick make decisions and then of course what excuse me when it's third and twenty, um, I'm not necessarily looking at Tyreek Hill, we're using Tyreek Hill to set up Travis Kelsey. And I don't know how many times in NFL history that team has been like on third and twenty. We're setting up our deep threat. We're using our deep threat to set up our all world tight end. Like it's just it's 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 remarkable. Um, and so I'm glad Andy uh, gave as good of an answer as he could, just because um, there's no one like Travis Kelsey. His name is not George Kittle. His name is not Shannon Sharp. His name is not Rob Gronkowski. None of those guys can do exactly what Travis Kelsey can do in this offense.
0: No question. Played in his 13th playoff game with Daniel Sorensen and James Winchester. They all have 13 playoff games in Anthony Sherman there as well with 13 playoff games. Coming up next, don't forget Jay Southland, Toe Service text line, hashtag Ask Nate. I'll ask Nate questions, and I'll get his opinion on the uh, Bengals-Titans game. And if the Chiefs do get past the Bills, who would be their next opponent? We'll discuss that next on the Nate Taylor Show.
2: You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610
0: Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. Nate, uh, Cardinals not looking so good here in the first quarter early on against the Rams, but uh, got a big game in the AFC. Despite the Chiefs and Bills, that's the game of the weekend with with uh, what we're going to see Sunday night, but also the Bengals and the Titans. Do the Bengals have enough to be able to upset the Titans on the road? Uh, it should be a really intriguing game. And I think for Chiefs fans, it'll be,
1: uh, confiding and a little bit perplexing because uh, you're probably wanting to root for the Eagles because uh, if they win, then all the Chiefs have to do on Sunday is win to host the fourth straight AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium, something that's never been done in NFL history, of course. Um, but look, there's obviously wild speculation as to whether or not Derrick Henry, the, the superstar running back for the Titans, will be available. Uh, I think you know, Ryan Tannehill is a very, very good quarterback. Uh, I get the sense that uh, A.J. Brown could have a great game, but Jamar Chase could have a great game, too. I mean, he's been excellent over the last month. Um, and you'll see a little bit more from the Cincinnati Bengals, right? They're two biggest wins of the season. I've been at home, obviously, against the Chiefs, and then over the weekend against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Raiders had a lot of penalties, um, and I think Tennessee is a more disciplined team uh and so it'll it'll be just as close to the game, I think, as it will be between the Chiefs and the Bills. But I think Chiefs fans are gonna have to come to terms with you you probably want Joe Burrow <laughs> and a shaky a shaky defense in Cincinnati to somehow come through that game, uh, because the Tennessee Titans have a more experienced coach in Mike Grable, they have more experienced quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And there's nobody uh on the Cincinnati Bengals, even though Joe Mixon is good. There's nobody like a young, fresh healthy Derrick Henry, if that is indeed the case uh, for the Tennessee Titans. So um, that'll be a fascinating game. I think either team can win, but Chiefs fans should want another AFC Championship game at Arrowhead um, because the Chiefs have only lost once at Arrowhead in the postseason with Patrick Mahomes, and obviously that was in 2018 when they lost to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots.
0: There's eight job openings, and this leads me into my question. From the text line, 816, asked Nate, is this the year for EB? Now, he has the one interview. Out of all these eight jobs, he's got one interview with the Denver Broncos. Andy Reed thinks this is the year he gets one of those nods. Again, we'll see if the interviews line up. Team's been interviewing uh, coaches. He does have the Broncos interview. Uh, that's it out of the eight teams. But is this a year for EB? Because I certainly hope he's in consideration for some of these jobs. I hope
1: so too. And I'll give one team as sort of a example that they haven't requested Eric Bittemey yet, but I think there's a chance that they will uh, do their due diligence similar to the to the Denver Broncos. I think that team might be the Minnesota Vikings, and they are, in some aspects, one of the more appealing openings right now. Uh, I think Denver will probably go elsewhere. Uh, they'll probably, you know, the, the the rumors right now is that Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, whose season unfortunately ended yesterday, uh, that he appears to be the leading candidate right now for the Denver Broncos, given some of the relationships between him and their new general manager in Denver. And then, of course, uh, I-, I think the Vikings are a possible choice just because um, when Adrian Peterson was their star running back, uh, Eric Bieniemy was their running back's coach. He is familiar with the organization. He's familiar with ownership in Minneapolis uh the Vikings have also requested to interview Ryan Poles who is one of the leading front office candidates from the Kansas City Chiefs obviously they're, uh I believe their player uh personnel director right now so um, there's a chance that the Vikings need a general manager and a head coach we've seen teams in the past uh make those hires in tandem from a other organization that's been wildly successful which you sort of fit that description um but i think the vikings will be a nice landing spot for eric vietnamese uh, i know that there are other jobs like jacksonville who's already interviewed him before the giants have already interviewed him before so those teams are aware of eric vietnamese i'm sure he'll have more than just one interview over the next coming weeks um but i think i think i think the vikings have a pretty good roster uh, they lost a lot of close games over the course of this past season and so if they make the right moves and they have the right coach, uh, perhaps they're in the playoffs sooner than people think.
0: Yeah. I'm just wondering if this is the year this chief's coaching staff gets ready to obviously Matt house will be leaving after the season to be the new defensive coordinator of the LSU Tigers. And also we we get about a minute and a half here from the text line. Nine one three. Do you trust the officiating? It's been terrible yeah. over the weekend. Do we trust it enough for the divisional round? Oh, I'm
1: so happy with this texture. Um, All you can do is pray. Like, you, me, everybody, day. all we can do is is pray. Uh, It was fascinating to me that, that, you know, there were some some issues from the officiating crew in Cincinnati over the weekend. Obviously, everybody knows what happened with Dallas and uh, them not getting one shot at the end zone because, you know, and officials running sixty yards down the field, <laughs> um, not realizing what the what the what the Cowboys are going to do. So the Chiefs got through the first round. I think if you're a Chiefs fan and someone within the organization, get a ten point lead as fast as you can. Don't let the referees be a part of whether or not your season ends.
0: Well, let's hope not. There's been uh, some inexcusable things with officiating, but again, when the refs went on strike, everybody wanted them back. You know, they didn't like the replacement officials. Now you get them, and now this is where we sit right now talking about officiating. Nate, uh, enjoyed the uh, show tonight. Let's hope for another Chiefs playoff win against the Bills so we continue this thing going forward.
1: Oh, it would, it would be a treat, my friend. Uh, we shall see. I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win. It should be a tight one. But uh, as always, it's a, it's a joy to do this show with you,
0: my friend. All right, Nate, thanks a lot. Nick, coming up next, Dusty Likens, Red Reaction with Nick Price. Next.